Welcome to Hall Talk. Life is filled with unexpected moments. Thank you for joining Jared Hall, a specialist in being a generalist, as he shares biblical insights and leadership lessons while curating stories. And now your host, Jared Hall. Welcome to Hall Talk. I'm your host, Jared Hall. Thank you so much for joining me. We're jumping back into 1 Samuel chapter 2 with our devotion this week. We're going to be looking at Samuel and Hannah's relationship after Samuel's been weaned and is serving in the tabernacle complex. What we're going to see here is is that Hannah's relationship to Samuel is still that of a mother to a son, even though Samuel is serving in the tabernacle. Now, if you're listening to this the week that it's posted, it's leading up to Mother's Day, and so there is a Mother's Day emphasis to it. But I do believe that there's application all year round. So if you're listening after Mother's Day, there's no reason to skip past this episode. So with no further ado, let's jump into this week's devotion in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Now, growing up, for those of us who have been fortunate enough to have a mother in our life, we know that there are some things that we just never hear a mother say. For example... You've probably never heard your mother say, how on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Never once, right? Another one, just leave all the lights on. It makes the house look more cheery. I never heard it. Oh, the curfew is just a general time to shoot for. It's not like I'm running a prison around here. Not once. Let me smell that shirt. Yeah, it's good for another week. Nope. Go ahead and keep that stray dog. I'll be glad to feed and walk him every day. That's not what happened with my stray dog. Well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, well, that's good enough for me. No. And then finally, I don't have a tissue with me. Just use your sleeve. Those are not things that you or I have probably ever heard our mother say. However, uh, some things that we probably have heard said. that our mothers taught us, maybe something about foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Never understood that for the life of me. Um, Or about the importance of prayer. So, for example, when I spilled something on a new carpet, you better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. Or about logic. Why? Why? Because I said so. That's why. Or irony. You keep laughing, and I'll give you something to cry about. Or behavior modification. Stop acting like a fool. Or stamina. You'll sit there till that plate is clean. Or the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. There's a lot of things that we can learn from mothers. Now, there's one thing that I want us to take from Hannah's example of being a mother to Samuel. And one thing that uh, for children, I'd like for us to take away when our relationship with our mothers. So if you have an opportunity, open up the scripture with me. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 18 through 21. The text says this, Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with linen ephod. Now, keep in mind that Samuel started serving in the tabernacle complex after he was weaned, probably somewhere between the ages of three to five. 
no way to know precisely when, but young, young boy. And that uh, what he's doing is, is, is he's really helping Eli and learning the role of what it means to minister before the Lord. And then imagine him with a little linen ephod. This is like a, like a robe wrapped around him that, that is a priestly garment. Now, verse 19 says this, and his mother, this is referring to Hannah, used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Now, this is really important. And so we already know that Hannah and Elkanah go up to Shiloh where the tabernacle is on a yearly basis based on chapter 1, but that this tradition continues after she has fulfilled her vow which was to entrust Samuel to the Lord with a Nazarite vow for him to serve in the tabernacle. And this is really our only glimpse into what Hannah and Samuel's relationship is like after she fulfills her vow and takes him to the tabernacle, is that she continues to see him, but really it sounds like only once a year in their annual pilgrimage. But notice this, that every year, she would make for him a little robe. She would weave together fabric and make a robe for him that would be big enough that it would last for the year so he could grow into it. And she would bring it to him. And so even though it's it's hard in our modern mind to imagine Hannah entrusting Samuel to the Lord by serving at the tabernacle at such a young age, she does that. She fulfills her vow. But she doesn't stop being his mother. She loves him like a mother. She serves him like a mother. And she's really even serving the Lord by providing the appropriate clothing for little Samuel to wear. So she's serving her son. And I think that's such a Jesus-like example for us to take note of. That if you go back to the Gospel of John and the Upper Room Discourse, during the Last Supper, what he does is he takes off his outer robe and he gets a towel and he washes his disciples' feet. The last time that Jesus is with all of his disciples before his crucifixion, he is serving them. He's serving them. And that's exactly what Hannah is doing. And so even though Samuel is not right there throughout the course of the year, she's preparing this garment for him and she's She's anticipating the opportunity to see her son and to deliver it, and she's serving him. Just like Jesus served his disciples, Hannah serving her son, this is a Christ-like example for us and one that we ought to take note of. Now, look what happens next, verse 20. Then Eli, this was the priest, would bless Elkanah and his wife Hannah and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman. For the petition she asked of the Lord. So when they so then they would return to their home. Verse 21. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. There it is. We can't outblast the Lord. Hannah petitioned the Lord. She made a vow to the Lord. She was barren. The Lord blesses her with Samuel. She she honors that vow. She brings Samuel. She does exactly what she says she's going to do. 
And then the Lord blesses her with five more children. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. Now, for an application, uh, one, as a child's application, uh, I just want to encourage you to stay in touch with your mom. It's so easy. It's so easy to overlook that, to miss that. I know some of you are probably in the habit. I also want to be um, cognizant that some of you would love to be able to contact your mother, and you're just not able to, whether she's passed away or she has um, suffered some memory care issues like dementia or autism. And so I just want you to know that I know that feeling. Um, I can empathize with that feeling. And I hope that you will be to someone else, that person who serves. In the way that Hannah serves Samuel, that you will find someone else to go serve. That even though you don't have your mother to contact, we can still honor that Christ-like example. But if your mother's around and you're able to contact her, do that. This is a good thing for you to do. There's a story about President Abraham Lincoln. And he uh, once summoned an army surgeon to the White House. Now, uh, the surgeon, as he's being summoned, starts to have these grandiose thoughts about what type of role he's going to play going to the White House. I mean, this must be serious. This is important. He's thinking about who am I going to perform on? Who, you know, what kind of surgery is it going to be? And, and, what kind of accolades am I going to receive? Are they going to write about me in the paper? And his mind just starts running away from him with this imagination. And when he gets there, President Lincoln asks the surgeon about his widowed mother. To which the surgeon replies, oh, she's doing fine. And then Lincoln responds, how do you know? You haven't written her, but she's written me, and she thinks that you're dead. And she's that she's asking that I make a special effort to make sure that your body is returned. <laughs> the mother, the mother was so concerned about her son because she hadn't heard from him that she contacted the president directly, and Lincoln calls the surge in. And calls him out on it and says this, that after that, the commander-in-chief placed a pen in the young doctor's hand and ordered him to write a letter letting his mother know that he was alive and well. And so it's easier than ever to stay in touch. And so if it's been a while and you're able to, reach out to your mother. It's the right thing to do. Now, for the mother's application, if you're a mother and you had the opportunity, then I want to encourage you with Hannah's example. And really, really, we can, we, can, we can be this to other people as well. You don't have to just be a mother, but I particularly want to be focused on mothers. Moms play a lot of roles. They wear a lot of hats. Moms are a lot of things. But the most important thing is to be Christ-centered above all else. To serve like Christ, to pray like Christ, to model Christ. This is the most important thing above all else. Let me show you a few quotes on the impact of mothers and the spiritual dynamic at work. Author Sarah Hupp wrote, a mother's lap is the best place from which to launch a life. Abraham Lincoln wrote, no one is poor who had a godly mother. 
Theodore Roosevelt wrote, praying mothers are America's greatest assets. Famous preacher Charles Spurgeon wrote, I cannot tell how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. And finally, Charles Wesley, famous writer of so many hymns, wrote this, I learned more about God from my mother than from all the theologians in England. And I know being married to a, a wife who is a mother of young children, there's a lot to manage. There's a lot of things to focus on. There's a lot of things garnering for your attention. And so I want to share the words from a mother uh, who, uh, unknown, author unknown, but a mother who seems to have uh, come to the conclusion that is Christ above all else. This is what she writes. If I live in a house of spotless beauty with everything in its place, but have not love, I'm a housekeeper, not a homemaker. If I have time for waxing, polishing, and decorative achievements, but have not love, my children learn cleanliness, not godliness. Love leaves the dust in search of a child's laugh. Love smiles at the tiny fingerprints on a newly cleaned window. Love wipes away the tears before it wipes up the spilled milk. The love picks up the child before it picks up the toys. Love is present through the trials. Love reprimands, reproves, and is responsive. Love crawls with the baby, walks with the toddler, runs with the child, and stands aside to let the youth walk into adulthood. Love is the key that opens salvation's message to a child's heart. Before I became a mother, I took glory in my house of perfection. Now, I glory in God's perfection of my child. As a mother, there is must, much I must teach my child, but the greatest of all is Christ. So with that, I want to encourage you with the example of Hannah and her dedication to the Lord and the way that she modeled Christ's likeness and her love and service for her son Samuel, who would become such an important figure in God's redemptive plan. And that you and I have a role to play in God's redemptive plan. And oftentimes that role is behind the scenes, unnoticed, but nonetheless, so very important that we model Christ to those that we come in contact with. And so, kids, be good to your mothers. Mothers, be a Christ-like example to your children. Well, that's a wrap on episode five of season two of Hall Talk. I'm your host, Jared Hall. And I hope that you have a great week. If there's any way that I can serve you, whether it's in a Bible teaching, preaching role, or in leadership coaching, I'm always more than happy to do the best that I can uh, to God's glory to serve you. And so feel free to reach out. Best way to get me is at my email, jerry.hall at gmail.com. That's G-E-R-A-D dot hall, H-A-L-L at gmail.com. And always, I greatly appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen and take the time to share. Hope you have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Hall Talk. Share your voice by leaving a comment or asking a question. Join the team by hitting like, subscribing, and sharing with others. As always, join us next time for more insights and conversations on Hall Talk.